next time you buy coffee, I would encourage you to try it. Yeah, I, I, that's like, but, let's do so it. So <laughs> what you do is next time you buy coffee or tea or anytime you buy anything next uh, in person, you just ask for 10% off. And the <laughs> thing about it is it's, fr- it's free, it's universal. And the point is not to get the discount, but the point is to practice the muscle of asking for things and asking for something. Yeah. The idea is that hopefully you get rejected. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, we survived. You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to this story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huberman. All right, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Noah Kagan. How you doing? I'm sounding like a radio. Hawk Talk, 94.5. Exactly. Uh, I'm doing, today is a more <laughs> low-key day. Today's yeah. Thursday. Yeah, no, I, I actually woke up this morning and thought it was Friday and not that I like live for the weekends, but this weekend I'm excited for. And I was like, God damn it. It's not. So <laughs> what, uh, what's coming up this weekend that you're excited about? Uh, going out on a boat on Saturday and then coming out to Austin. So it's, it's a good, good time. There's like, I don't, I, we, me and my friends were on a boat a few weeks ago and we're like, I think it's against the law to be unhappy on a boat. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. It is. Uh, it's just such a great thing. Actually, a, f- a friend of mine out there invited me to go out wake surfing on next Saturday, which I'm a hundred percent. I've never done it. I'm a hundred percent in on. So that should be fun. But uh, yeah, to kick it off, uh, let's just take this back. So, you know, I assume you were born, you came out of the womb and you're like, that's it. I'm just going to, you know, get into the web business and you started building websites and, you know, selling stuff online at like as an infant, right. That's how it all. And then you're just there. You were a billionaire from the start. That's a, what they do at the Jewish synagogue. Yeah. This is, like if you're not Jewish, you don't know about this, but when, yeah. out of the womb, you're, you're born onto. Um, so this was, this was, a, he just brought off a great topic. So I had a Serbian roommate in college that when he first met me, he's like, like, I hear that when every Jew is born, they get a dollar from every other Jew in the world. And like, so you're all born millionaires because there's whatever. Are you serious? Yeah, swear, swear to God. He taught, and he's still a close friend, but he, he said this to me. And I'm like, here's the issue. And this is what separates Jews from a lot of other people. My thought isn't, oh, I get whatever, $18 million when I'm born. It's for the rest of my life, I'm paying a dollar to every Jew that's born. I'd lose money because there's going to be more and more, hopefully. Like, that's a terrible deal. That's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, there's actually yeah. a, a famous Japanese book. It's like how to get rich like a Jew. Yeah, by a guy named Ke- by Ken Honda, and I tried to find it. I couldn't find it, but this is years oh, ago. I gotta find Japan. that. No, they're, they're, in China too, they actually bring in like Jewish coaches to like teach about money management. Like it's a thing. I, uh, it's a stereotype that I don't mind. Just not just gonna say. It. <laughs> but yeah, so from the about pages for like Tapalti.com and this company called Lucia.com. Yeah, and there's these like very Israeli names like Shior Cohen. <laughs> Baruch Hen. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this company's going to do really well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't want to call them for sales. So. Yeah. No, and to, yeah, we're a big customer to Balti. Actually, they're good. Uh, but yeah, so going back to it, where, where are you from? Where were you born? I'm from Cupertino, California. Okay. Uh, I grew up about two miles outside of uh, Apple HQ. Nice. Were your parents involved in the texting? Not really. Um, my stepfather was so my my biological dad sold copiers. Uh huh. Well, we actually have I, we have a Slack channel. Was it who was it that channel. started there? Was it Bill Gates that did copiers, or was it someone did copiers that before they got into there? Someone that was at Xerox. 
it Steve Jobs? It wasn't Steve Jobs. Well, he was Steve Jobs did the whole mouse thing, right? The whole mouse and the GUI thing came from Xerox Park. Maybe uh, that's what it was. He worked, he worked at Atari. Yeah, I did get I meet. I got to meet Steve in Bay in the Bay. Uh, anyway, oh, nice. so my uh, biological dad sold copiers and faxes, which at appsimo.com, yeah. we have an old people Slack channel where we talk yeah. about shit like that. That's awesome. Uh, my, my stepfather did uh, like more semiconductor engineering and then my mom's okay. a nurse. So, but you kind of like around it, man. Like that was, yeah, that was that's, that still touches it. That's still Silicon Valley in the very core sense of Silicon Valley. Well, it's, it's interesting this, you know, we're recruiting at AppSumo for different roles and uh, I looked up a few of the different friends and just people I knew from college and specifically like high school, a lot of the guys I grew up with and all of them are just like tech executives. Yeah. Like I'm at Uber, I'm at Square, I'm at Facebook. And I think it's interesting. I got lucky, frankly, that that, that was just like the quality of the people that I was, you know, in the area that I grew up in. Yeah. And so, and so you, but your parents weren't entrepreneurs, right? They were working for the bigger companies. Um, my mom was not, my dad was, he came from oh, Israel, didn't, didn't speak English. And then uh, he had first job. I think he sold car uh, carpets at Sears. Nice. Like, Israeli like, hello, you want carpets, carpets for you. And then, uh, he ended up starting his own, uh, business. So the semiconductor stuff was his, uh, no. So the, the stepfather was the semiconductor. Oh, got it. Sorry. My biological dad, he kind of just did door to door sales. Uh, of copiers and fax machines and ended up creating a pretty sizable company doing that. Oh, that's amazing. Got it. And so from a young age, were you enamored with the entrepreneurial side? Like I know a lot of people, like you start selling stuff at four years old and are always doing that. Like, did you build off of that? And, or did you like, where were you as a kid? Where, where were your interests lying? Money. It was. I okay. Just, I loved money. Yep. And it only until like, I'm almost 40 now. And it, 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 I think everyone has a really fascinating relationship with money. Everyone has this really unique story that they've told themselves. And sometimes the story evolves and I think mine's evolving, but mine, especially when I was young, it was like, get that money, do whatever. <laughs> From an early age, I was selling things. I was say, like, when did, what age did it start? Do you I remember like elementary your first... school was like yeah. the first thing I saw. We went to Costco and I was like, hold on the pencils. I could take pencils and candy from Costco. Or I guess it was called price club at the time and yeah. then sell it in elementary school at the at kindergarten. And that was like the first kind of like selling thing. What was yours? Uh, I actually, when I was six, I decided my parents didn't need a bunch of their stuff anymore when they weren't home. And I lived in a small town and I literally grabbed a trash bag, filled it up with like golf balls and all sorts. I'm like, my parents don't need this stuff. Like just grab their stuff, grabbed a friend. And we went door to door selling my parents stuff out of a trash bag. What do you think it is about? I mean, I, obviously if your parents are entrepreneurs, I know my dad inspired me i also he inspired me not to do physical labor not that i don't like working out and things yeah. like that or but i saw the how heavy these copiers were and like how much effort it was i was like i like the the whole freedom and controlling of your life but i don't really i knew that wasn't i wanted to yeah. do the tech part like the the internet yeah. digital part yeah and i yeah i think it you know it, it for me i've talked about it. i think it comes a little bit from a uh, taking it for granted if your dad or parent or someone around you is an entrepreneur and you go oh that's an option it's an option. I think that mm. most people, like by nature, most people don't grow up with that. They don't have, well, there's less entrepreneurs and employees. And so by nature, if you grow up around your parents or employees and they went to school, you know, got good grades, got a good job, et cetera, that becomes the path that you think is laid out for you. And it takes a lot to break that. Whereas vice versa, if your parents are entrepreneurs, I don't say that every entrepreneur breeds entrepreneurs, but at least creates that option. But the kids always know that that's something you can do. And I know this because my siblings, my brother has an entrepreneurial side, but, you know, and started some stuff, but also worked for other people. My sister went to work for Wells Fargo and then worked for my dad's business, actually. 
And so it, it, you can go that path or not, but at least it opens that path, I think, is one way of getting into it. I don't know, man. Like we're actually, we're recording a YouTube video for my YouTube channel today where I'm going to yeah. go to rich people's houses and ask them how they got rich. <laughs> nice. It's like that guy yeah. with the car thing I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Daniel Mack. Yeah. Uh, he does it with the cars. Yeah. And I, I think when I was in high school and junior high and when I got to college, I was like, I know I want to run my own business. I know I want to get rich, but how do, how do people do it? Yeah. Right. It just feels like it was so distant. And like, I grew up, you know, middle class and I was like, is there like some secret world that they all get into or some level? I really thought this is just level yeah. that I just wasn't getting permission to. And I didn't know, I think the disconnect I felt was like, what's the path? What's the actual, and you know, I think what's amazing nowadays is that everything is so cheap and so free and so accessible to create these, your own businesses. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's still hard to know that there's a path to it. No, and I think that's interesting too, is like, if you're not fully exposed in like an open way to wealth, it is a lot harder. And I think that's what you see with the opportunity gap kind of stuff. Like, you know, if you both grow like aside from middle-class, if you go up in poverty, like you don't even know if it's, it's ever an option to get out of that, even though you hear anecdotes. So no, it's, that's interesting. And so taking it from selling pencils in school, what was the next venture that you got into? Like, what was the next hustle? I did a lot of like, I think I was just always working blue collar jobs. So like uh -huh. I worked at the candy stand at the baseball field. I was an umpire. I worked at office max. Nice. Um, I think the first tech stuff, which is where to me, I think is more relevant for the audience potentially is um, when I was 16, I worked at a thing called trans tech and I saw a flyer at a community college De Anza, and it was to build computers and run ethernet cables for companies. So it was this Jewish guy, Elon, who was from Mexico. And so he, he was interesting. He serviced specifically like Mexican businesses, Hispanic businesses and body shops in the Bay Area. Huh. So it was interesting to have that niche. And it was just, it was good work. It was like, you built computers, you broke computers, and then you ran cables <laughs> and ceilings. Um, I think that's where I started just driving more and like, all right, there's something here with this web stuff. Yeah. And so as the dot-com shit was happening, it's like, everyone's getting rich doing anything. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was like 16, 17 at the time. I was like, man, I want to get into that. So I wrote my first business plan. And what was that? Uh, it's actually, it, it, you know, this is what I hate when people do, just to be clear. I hate when people are like, I had the idea for that company. I'm like, oh, what'd you do about it? Nothing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so the plan was specific. I, I think what, what I encourage people to think about in business personally is like, what problems you have? What are the problems? Customer first is what I call it. But like, what are the problems that you have for yourself? And I noticed I had a lot of free time and I was in high school and all my other friends had free time. And I was like, oh, well, what if we could actually go drive things around and deliver things for people that have money in Silicon Valley? Yeah. Right. So kind of like what Uber is or yeah. DoorDash or Grubhub, what all these services are. So I was like, oh, we could just do deliveries. And then it's funny. I still have the business plan. And one of the, it was like, people would pay us with checks. <laughs> I like, you know, like that's, that's yeah. high. That was 19, yeah. 96, 97. Yeah. No, credit cards had not proliferated. I mean, they had them, but it wasn't anywhere close. I, 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 my dad up until five years ago, I think was still resistant to credit cards. So I showed him the amount of points I'd earned on mine. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting when you get it to a different level of wealth. Like now I'm, I'm guessing in our society wealthy. Yeah. And you interact with your parents who have their own, their own money story from yeah. their parents in the depression. Yeah. And then just how these like worlds collide. Like we go out and my mom is hesitant to like pay for, oh, watermelon. She's like, it's so expensive. Noah, we can't get the watermelon. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, mom, I don't need an inheritance. Just buy the watermelon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that the first ventures though, just business-wise was in college. That's where I think I started doing 
I think the best time is like, how do you do business where there's not a lot of risk and you don't have to put a lot of money into it? Yep. Find out if there's something that people want. And college was where that started really happening for me. And where'd you go? Berkeley. Oh, you did go to Berkeley. So you stuck in the Bay. Nice. I love the Bay. Yeah. And, but you're in Austin now. I am in Austin. I was in the Bay till 30. And then it's, that was about 10 years ago. Uh, I was tired. I was tired. It's, it's funny. It's just now people are still, it's the same thing. I was tired yep. of the dirt. Yeah. I was tired of the price. Yeah. I was tired of all, like the homeless and all that. I also was tired. Like I missed the smartness, but the density of intelligence has definitely been coming to Austin. But at the time yeah. I was just, I was tired of like talking about your startup and talking about your funding <laughs> and talking about, Hey, what's, what's your stack? I was like, I don't care. Like there's, yeah. I care about it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's how people can find out what they love is just like, look at what you read. And I always, in newspapers, I always read tech, Yeah. but I just didn't want that to be everything. And so Austin was just awesome. Yeah. I came here. And oh, I'm it's awesome. a great city. It's great. Uh, and you also, you know, nowadays with Airbnb and this thing called airplanes, you can yeah. like your lifestyle. Yeah, like exactly. Jump around. And, you know, I'm going to LA in uh, next two weeks. Nice. Yeah. It's so easy. Um, COVID put a damper on it, but I think we're getting out of that now. Um, so go to college at Berkeley and you didn't end up doing the delivery business. You wrote the business plan, but didn't go for no, it. I, I think that's what a lot of, you know, I have the YouTube channel and AppSumo.com. A lot of our customers want to start or grow online businesses. That's what we, we promote yeah. software tools. And it's interesting to see how many people have the idea or how many people have a day job that they hate. And that's what I want people to get away from is jobs yeah. that suck. Yeah. And, you know, like, how do you find jobs you really enjoy? Yep. Like, how do you create work you enjoy? So I, but a lot of people do it. I have a plan or I, I should do this idea. And what'd you do about it? Nothing. So yep. honestly, one of the, the things that you said is, um, I think everyone should just go do it. If you want to start a business today, go on Facebook marketplace and sell one thing that you have. Yep. Just actually just start, just get something going. You're like, Oh, yep. I just sold something. All right. What else can I do? And then you just yep. kind of get that. You're like, maybe I can sell my cookies. Maybe I can make a platform. Maybe yep. I can actually create marketing. It's getting over that hump, making a little money, making a little more it's incremental growth. It's not. Yeah. I see too many people, like even once they, they you know, a lot of people will build, I'm sure you see this all the time. They'll build products. And they'll actually get it all going, but then they don't ever like go get some customers. Like they just spend years building a product and they don't sell it. And getting over that hump is, it, it's scary for some people, I think subconsciously, but once you do it, it's just freeing. It's like, oh, people actually want to pay me for my shit. Great. I, I, this is going to sound strange. I do think there's a Jewish, there's something in the Jewish culture about not being as afraid of asking because part of our culture is like when yep. you have, uh, you know, dinners, you go, I'm not very religious, Same. but yeah. it's like, you know, in Judaism, it's like, why do they do this? I yeah. don't understand, Herschel. Why are they doing that? And, you know, it really is asking. Yeah. And in business, at the end of the day, all you're doing is asking. It's like, as you have all these clients for Hawk Media, you're like, hey, we think we can really help you with this. And here's the amount we're asking for. And do you want to do the service? And that's yep. business. Yep. And honestly, not pushing it, just asking for the sale is it's that easy. Like we've never been pushy about things because frankly, pushing someone into working with us is a nightmare because then every day after that, we have to reinforce that versus like them actually wanting it themselves and you know but but you have to ask a lot of times it is that simple it's it sounds simple man but i we have we've had a course i won't even mention it and i have my youtube channel noah kagan on youtube and we have AppSumo. yeah it's unbelievable how like scary and fearful it is for so many people so that's you know i tell people to do the coffee yeah. challenge that's something that uh, a coffee challenge coffee challenges you go next time you buy coffee i would encourage you to try it yeah, I, I, like, let's do so it. So <laughs> what you do is next time you buy coffee or tea or anytime you buy anything next uh, in person, you just ask for 10% off. 
And the thing about it, it's, it's free. It's universal. And the point is not to get the discount, but the point is to practice the muscle of asking for things and asking for something. Yeah. The idea is that hopefully you get rejected. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm okay. Uh, yeah, we survived. Exactly. I actually, so like, I'm yeah. going to make a note of that. That is, I'm going to make my whole team do that. I think it's a great Dude, I love it. I, I encourage you to do it first to see what you know, learn about yourself. Because a lot of people are like, well, I've done sales for 50 years. I'm like, well, then it'll be easy for you. Yeah, just ask. Again, the goal is just to ask. That's, I like that a it's, lot. Well, like last, um, uh, on Monday, I flew in from Arkansas. I was with my parents. And one of my new challenges, I do challenges here and there. But I, I do the ones when I want to start negotiating. So one of my new ones is like push-ups in public. So every day I do 205 push-ups. Nice. I do 70, 75,000 a year is my goal. I was going to say, so is that the significance is because that adds up to 75,000 a year? Yeah. And Got so uh, now when, when I'm into public place that I don't want to do push-ups, I'm like, okay, this is where you're going to do some push-ups. And so lately it's in airports. So I'm in Arkansas in the middle of the airport. It's super crowded. Uh, and I was like, don't want to do it here. It's like, all right, cool. No, you don't have to do it here. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you're going to do it here. And yeah, I exactly. You know what? None of these people fucking care about me. They're no. like, that guy's who fucking cares about that guy. They care about their own lives. And yeah. I think more people can get into that more than get what they actually want. Yep. That is great advice. All right. So you get into college. What's the business? Uh, we did. A, I did a lot of different, some are traditional, some are not traditional. Uh, we did a thing called comegetused.com. So it was a Berkeley book exchange that we launched across a bunch of campuses. Uh -huh. um, I read a book called Million Dollar Consulting by Alan Weiss, which I think is one of the best books if you want to start a consulting business. And kind of similar to the, that business plan I was mentioning, I, I always look to just try to solve my own problems. And yep. what do I notice that I have an understanding of that others may not? And so I noticed that there was a lot of, I was a RA in the dorms. Uh -huh. And I noticed that there's a lot of these really smart freshmen that wanted to get something on the resume. And I was like, well, why don't you come do consulting with me? I'll go sell, I'll go sell projects. And then you guys do all the work. Like, and yep. we'll go find companies that want to do marketing to college students. Cause guess what? Yep. That's what we are. We understand it. Yep. So that's what I did. I went and sold to like Dell. I used the nice. Berkeley alumni network and I just messaged people from companies and I was like, Hey, I'm in college. Like, do you guys want to do any marketing to college kids? And we'll sell you some projects. And so there was like a $5,000 thing to, to Dell, some local restaurants we did marketing for. It was basically like, we know we're college students. We can understand and figure out. Yeah. Um, that actually led to Ninja Card. So we did that. We, we, one of the guys came up with an idea. We should do a discount card. So we built a, a card. We sold it. Made it ended up doing like $50,000. Uh, it was on like nice. five of the UC campuses. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, just a lot of the things were, and were you putting a money, like money away during this time, or did you just kind of spend it on the next thing? Yeah. So you're saving yeah, kind of saved it. A lot of the yeah. businesses, the, the thing I guess I'm known for and whatever I was encouraged is like, I think almost any business can start really cheap and really fast. Yeah. And the idea is not, not about being cheap and not about just moving fast. It's about understanding. Can you get to find something people really want? Right. I've also done, we can talk about businesses I've done that no one wanted. And I spent a lot of money and time doing it. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so many stuff like the other college business I did was I bought and sold laptops. I just like went on Craigslist, found broken laptops, drove up, pick them up, fixed them up. Cause I did it when I was in high school and then I sold them yep. on eBay. Got it. And it was, you know, 500, a thousand. I was just hungry for the fucking money, dude. I like yeah. wanted that money so badly. Did you have any like goal with the money or was it literally just the money? Like is the intr intrinsic value that dude, that's something I've struggled with for a long time. And I, I, it's not a boohoo, like rich fucking yeah. person problem. But, you know, I think, there, I think there's people who spend money that don't have any. Right. <laughs> and there's people a lot of like me who <laughs> I've made a decent amount of money in my, you know, I'm almost 40. I've made a decent amount of money, but I've really not enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Oh, you haven't. Like, okay. Until the past, I would say this year. Is the so not, time. sorry, not enjoyed the money. You've enjoyed the process, right? I've enjoyed making it, but I never enjoyed yeah. spending it. Like I right. had, you know, a 2004 Miata outside. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a 2017 scooter. There you go. And only like in the last year or so, and I had a house that's like 800 square feet that's falling down. Like it's literally <laughs> like got cracks across. And my friend yesterday when he came over was like, I didn't understand what was wrong with you. And I think that's a whole external, internal, like what do you really want versus what do people think you should want? That's a whole separate discussion. Yeah. But I think the question is, you know, just like, I guess, I don't know where it came from, but I had a, a narrative that materialism and spending money won't bring you actual happiness. I think that was a story I was telling myself. Okay. You feel like you seem like you spent a lot of money. I'm like, dude, I got to fucking live. Like that. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm actually compared cheap, not to you, but in terms of what probably I could be doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, exactly. And by the way, I was, it's funny. My dad actually said that to me uh, like a year ago. He's like, fuck, you're cheaper than I am. And it was felt like the biggest compliment I've ever been paid. Um, but, but I find ways to work with things. Like, again, I travel a lot because we have an obscene amount of credit card points. Like we do things that it, Normally, if you just went straight at them, would cost a lot of money, but I find ways to do it cost effectively. But yes, I like to have a lot of fun too. Well, the two things I think about that, and I think about this extensively, and I put it out on my YouTube channel, is that we need a lot less money than we think to get the things we want. Right. Like actually, living, like I have a Tesla now, and I have like a multi million dollar house, and I'll just be straight. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I don't know, how much is that a month? It's probably about like 10,000 a month living. Mm -hmm. Not that much. Like no. post tax, like that's a quarter million dollars a year you need to make. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. I get it. But like, it's yeah. not unachievable for most. And no, it's not billions. We're, we're not talking about yeah. crazy success. We're talking about success, but not. A, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's achievable. But I think the point I try to encourage a lot of people is like, that doesn't mean that people have to admire or aim for my life. It's like, what do you actually want? How much do you actually need for that? Yep. Uh, is a, I definitely think a, a big disconnect. And so are you still driven? Like knowing that, do, do, what, what drives you to make more and more money? What do you think? Where do you think that comes from? I wonder about that a lot. I have a, you know, different coaches, like I'm a CEO coach and executive mm -hmm. coach and advisors. And one of them was like, I don't get what motivates you. And I don't have a great answer. Yeah. I, I feel the same have... way. That's why <laughs> the same yeah. exact thing. Um, you know, I was talking with this guy, Sahil from Gumroad. Mm -hmm. Pretty, you know, I think most people know Gumroad. Um, and he's just like, he, he spends his days finger drawing. Like he draws he doesn't do any meetings and all this stuff. And I was, I was talking to my friend Neville last night about it. And I was like, yeah, man, I should just spend my day like drawing. And like, he's like, dude, you would be so fucking bored. Yeah. Like, I can't see you doing that for, and you know, I, I came back to be CEO of AppSumo and you know, help run the business. And honestly, I fucking love it. Yep. And uh, I do think though, money though, gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. I think there's just things with money that you start spending it a little bit. And I, I think one way that we talk about it in AppSumo is test and invest. And so it's like, try spending some money and seeing what it does for you. And I will say, man, like I hired a house manager oh, that's nice. a week. Yeah. Dude, I love her. Like I text her almost every day. I'm like, I love you. I love you. Like you're the best. And it's just like, man, money for that shit is yeah. just like wild. No, it creates a lot of freedom. It really does. But I, but the the thing that I always look at, because I have this similar drive where I, I my making more money isn't about my own personal lifestyle. I'm not I you know, got the house, kind of like you got the house car, like I'm good with, like, I get to go where I want to go, but I'm still going. I could sell the company and retire, but I don't want to. And it's, you know, I think yeah. that there's a, also a, like a rewarding value of building something and growing something and continuing to be challenged. Yeah, it really well, is. Two, two high level things that I've noticed. One, there's a phenomenal book called Die With Zero. 
If you've not read this book by, Bill I already like the head, the subject or the title. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, but it's a really material, really interesting book, but really good material around just like, how are you spending your time? Yep. And my parents are like, oh, do you want the inheritance? I'm like, no, y'all should spend all of it. Like go first class. My mom, I took them, they went to a, a lounge because I bought a lounge pass. They went to the lounge for the first time. We like yeah. put bags of the snacks. They're like stealing from there. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Do it. Family. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's not even that expensive. So that one die was zero. Highly recommend. The second thing is like, I have, um, I bought condos in Austin that we were using as our offices and I make, I make about a thousand dollars a month from each one, which is uh -huh. cool. It's yeah. great. I don't ever use it. And that money doesn't do shit for me. Yeah. Not, and it's whatever. It just doesn't do shit for me. And one day I was like, why don't I just buy a, like buy a place in Colorado or Utah or Montana or something that like I can use, or my friends can use, or we can actually get enjoyment. So yeah. I think mentally I'm trying to think more about, it's not just about the money, but just more about what gives me satisfaction. Yeah. How do I use the money more effectively? Cause like yep. making a thousand is cool, but having a place that I can share and go with friends. Yep. Sounds like a, a lot better use of, I guess, yeah. mind share. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think when you're building a business and you're in that growth mode, you end up in this mentality of like preserve to reinvest, to build, to build, to build. And it's a weird step when you go, can I spend some of this? Just like, there's no return. There's no, there's no justification. Having a vacation no house, there's no way to justify it, but it just sounds like something I want to do. And it's hard when you've done such a good job with your business of like investing yeah. to build. It's a really hard shift, man. Like I, this is going to sound strange to people who are poor and maybe people rich won't get it either. But like, I went to therapy a lot to try to buy a house. Yeah. I was like, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I don't, you know, I didn't ever earn the money. Well, no, I'll and, say it to anyone listening that's judging, like, fuck them. Like the, the, at the end of the day, like you can't judge unless you've been in the same situation. And people, you know, it's people think that like money solves all this stuff when money is the stress driver. But again, what do they say? It's like 70 grand a year is the average in the nation that like that stress goes away. And let's say it's even 250, but at some point that stress is off the table and you still are all dealing with the same human problems and you're still dealing with challenges. And, you know, yeah, it's a whole nother uh, tangent we could go on, well, but it's, it's an amazing thing. Well, I think the yeah. question is like, we're, we're on a planet on sp in space floating around and I think we're really what we're asking ourselves is like, how do we occupy this time? Yep. And our, us humans have said, hey, there's this digital currency, physical, a little bit, mostly digital, that we have decided is important. And people are spending their whole lives killing people even. Yep. Going to jail, yep. going to jail over this fucking thing. And I, I just think we should be more mindful of how we prioritize our time around that stuff. No, I, I agree. And so getting back into it, you get out of college. Did you know what you wanted to do with the rest of your life? Oh, dude, I, I was like so jealous. Like I was obviously jealous when I met people in college. I'm like, what do you want to do? They're like, I want to be a hand surgeon. I was like, who did you talk yeah. to God? Did he, look, <laughs> did he text you again? Or friends would be like, yeah, I really want to do uh, actuarial science or some fucking weird ass shit. And then, you know, I was always, I knew I was going to do business. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. I knew I was going to be in tech. I grew up around that stuff, but I just didn't know how. And yeah. I wanted to be rich, but I didn't know how. And um I just kind of like scrounged and like applied for random ass jobs in that area. So I did get final round at Google pre IPO oh, wow. an offer from them, which is wild. Yeah. And they took it awesome. back at the last minute. So that really? was fucking that was super. Difficult. Well, yeah. So was that the dot-com bust? Is that when that was? No, no, it was 2003. Oh, okay. 2000, 2004. I got the offer okay. and then they rescinded it. Um, so basically I applied for just any fucking job I could get. Cause I knew other people in my other people that were around me were doing accounting, auditing, consulting or banking. And I was like, all those sound horrible. Yeah. 
they all sent it. So basically my options, the job offers I had was, uh, I got rejected by Philip Morris. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to either work at Wells Fargo in their mid-management web area, or the third option was Intel in their supply chain. My degree was in business and economics. I did a double major. And I just knew tech and I was like, Intel is at least in tech and I could live with my mom. And I could, it would give me time to work on my things at the side. So if you have a day job you hate, that's like a blessing. Because yeah. that's, that's motivation, but then you right. have a bunch of time and money uh, to start all these things. So it gave me a lot of time because I didn't do shit there. I think people miss that too. Like there's always this note of like, you know, you got to quit everything to pursue your dream. It's like, actually you don't, you can straddle the shit out of stuff until it starts working. Like I, I, I never got that. Like quit your day job and go do this same, you know, it's like, why? Like work your day job because if you can't work a day job and then go home and work another six, eight hours and work weekends to build your startup, you're not going to be a business owner. Like there's going to be, it, 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 you have to get used to that kind of demand anyways. I think I knew my dream. I think one thing that was important for me, Eric, is that I always knew my dream was to be the boss. I don't want to be right. anyone's boss, by the way. I don't want to boss any motherfucking person. Yeah. Around. I just knew I wanted my own fucking thing. Like when I worked, yeah. I worked at Facebook early on, I worked at Mint early on, I worked at all these like popular companies. Even there, I was dissatisfied. I was like, and what were you doing at those companies? What was your focus? Well, so how I got there is also an important part, I think, for other people in these journeys. Yeah. I was at Intel, and basically while at Intel, I just kept building more companies. Most of them didn't uh -huh. work. So I, I put on the discount card. I kept running it. Yeah. Uh, I started conferences. So I did this thing called Entrepreneur 27 and Community Next, where it was just, I was interested in social networking mm -hmm. and really early, it was 2006, 2005. And so I put on events. I never did it before. And I ended up making like $50,000 an event. So that nice. was, I just made the event I wanted to go to. And I kept building more stuff for college students, like collegeup.org, which was like Craigslist for college kids. Uh -huh. uh, and just other projects. So when I, I just applied cold for Facebook, cause I was about to quit Intel and I was like, oh, well they're hiring. Maybe at least let me hit them up. And I just totally randomly got the job, but I got the job not because of connections, but because I've been putting in the work building right. products that, and then when I went there, I built, I showed them a lot of mock-ups of products that I would build at Facebook. So it was almost like a no brainer. They're going to hire me. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I've, I've like put that story out there online. I'm tired of kind of talking about it. basically I got fired after nine months. Uh, didn't get any options and stock. And so I'm not, I'm rich, but I'm not as rich as I could be. Uh, but life still turned out pretty well. Yeah. But it was a fucking wild time. It was, I, I think one of the, the takeaways for me in, in that experience was just like, it was a blessing to be around so much talent. Yeah. It was fucking inspiring to be around literally like the best of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine uh, the smartest yeah. people on the planet working with you. I'm like, that's what I got to be around. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And so, if you don't mind me asking what happened after nine months, why'd you get fired? Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause you know, I have a company now. And so I see, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, three months ago, I wrote down a note. I was like, if Noah 24 year old Noah was working at appsumo.com, I'd fire his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. You got to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the, the 39 year old Noah is, you know, much more different at 24. I wanted my own show. I kept putting on my own side hustles. I thought Facebook was moving too slow, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, we didn't do any press. We didn't do any marketing. So I think, yeah. you know, fundamentally, I think there is one. I left Intel because I didn't want to be in meetings and structure. I wanted fast startup movement. And yeah. when it was 30 people, it was excellent. At 150 people, it was like, hey, let's have a meeting with 30 people to talk about a font. Yeah. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about fonts. I yeah. still don't. Yeah. And so that was one. Two. I wanted, I was doing all my side hustles and Mark sat me down and he was like, yo dude, side hustle or at Facebook, pick one. And I was like, I kind of didn't have a Facebook, but I'm doing my side hustle. And third, there was just some stuff where 
uh, I don't think I was mature enough to really scale with the company. Got like, it. I'm noticing that with AppSumo, we had people that were excellent when yeah. we just had four people and, and now at 130 people, yep. there's, there's knowledge gaps. Yep. And so I made some, I think, poor choices about like my, my skills and execution and also some ways like I told TechCrunch about some things we were working on and I was like, yo, we need to do some press and there's process and stuff that I wasn't maturing with. Got it. So yeah, and, it was devastating and I didn't get rich and I got fired and it fucking sucked. Yeah. Sounds like you did all right though. I did. You know, I, I think one thing I don't understand about the story and we always create the stories backwards, not forwards. No. I don't understand how I kept going. You know, like- but you kept going. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of- Are you saying that what you said? How, how you kept going? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting how we keep going on these things. And it's like yep. almost getting that fire really, it did motivate me though in a, a lot of hate. And a yeah. lot of negativity towards them. But yeah. I can't believe I just kept going. But I, I think one of the silver linings there was that I was always blogging. Got it. I was always blogging on okdork.com, which I still yeah. do. And it was just something like YouTube and podcasts, which I still do. Um, I just always enjoyed it. And that provided me connections and network and relationships and freelance gigs. So I think, you know, people building your brand, whether you're a developer, an engineer, marketer, sales is, is you know, one, it's, it's fun. But two, it, it definitely provided a, Silver lining after after that experience, and so where'd you go after Facebook? What ended up happening next? Well, I was fucking angry, man, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, "I'm gonna prove these guys wrong, these Stanford dicks." <laughs> and uh, I recognized I wanted to find something that I I could you know feel also build my self confidence up. Mm-hmm. And like at Facebook, I did a lot of really interesting stuff, like Facebook ads. A lot of that was me. Facebook status, which is also what Twitter yep. became afterwards, was <laughs> me. So there's definitely some stuff I like did, did pretty okay at. Yeah. Um, and so I saw Mint, I saw an early prototype and I was like, all right, this is the future. Yeah. And so I convinced them, they didn't want to hire me. I convinced them to hire me to do marketing, which I never did before. Uh-huh. And then I ran all of Mint's marketing and, nice. uh, the founder, you know, he, I got to give Aaron a lot of credit. He had the idea, he did the execution. And then I had the easy job of just, you know, making sure the, the world knew about it. Yeah. And, and I, just so that- like, I thought it was just the category was so fucking huge. It's like, who wants more money? Everyone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people miss out when they're doing businesses. They're like, Hey, I'm working on this business. Like how big is that, that market? Yeah. How, how excited are the people to have that kind of that solution? And yep. it was one of these like no brainers. Yeah. Total, total addressable market, important factor in starting a business. <laughs> it is like, and well also is it, you know, what's the growth rate of the market? Right. You know, like if you were in, I, I've either chased really quickly or called things really early, but like I've picked it's not that I'm, I think I'm above average smart. I don't think I'm top. I'm like a yeah. A minus kind of guy, B plus, mm-hmm. but I've just picked great markets. Yeah. I've picked really, and like, even if I did shitty, like I've done, I can, we can go through, through them, but like the markets just did well. So I did okay. Yeah. Which yeah, happens it's ha- for a lot of people. It's happened with crypto and NFTs now. Like the market's oh, gone shit, nuts. Dude. Yeah. Not one of them. A little bit, not much. Okay. I'm a crypto millionaire. I'll just tell you out there. That's yeah, good. And I, I, I'm no, but it's by them. luck. It's totally by luck. Right. Like I, yeah. all these people. That's awesome. are, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That came across kind of weird. Sorry. No, I get, I get it. You, you got like listen. If, if, unless you, unless you're in for ten million and you're a crypto millionaire, then it's not so Dude, good. That's it's how you got it. You're a business <laughs> owner because a lot of people are like, "How much revenue you make?" I'm like, "Ask how much profit we keep." So great. I love you just said that because the first year in Hawk. We hit just over a million bucks, which was the goal. Nice. I called my in revenue to be clear. I called my dad, and he was one of the only people at the time I felt comfortable, you know, gloating to, bragging to, like celebrating with. I called him. And I was like, "We just did a million dollars in our first year." And my dad goes, "A million dollars? What?" I'm like, "Million revenue." He goes, "Revenue? 
how much fucking money did you make? <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious. Your well, sounds like a yeah. whole other episode about how your dad has influenced you positively and negatively. But yeah, probably both. I think the chip on the shoulder and good and bad comes from him. Um, but uh, so yeah, Mint. Uh, Mint. Yeah, how long were you there? Was, well, Mint. I was there nine months again. Okay. And again, I, at Facebook and at Mint, my dream was always to have my own thing. It wasn't yeah. to be a boss. I don't like the word boss in general. Yeah. But I just wanted my own you want the freedom. Experience. And so I saw the Facebook platform open up where you could start building on Facebook. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, that's going to be big. Yeah. Because I already knew how Facebook was going to grow. And I knew that if I could access profiles and people's information, I could do create something to make money. So I looked for the most popular category that had the least competition. So there was like a sports app for hockey, yeah. so soccer. So you could put your soccer team profile, soccer team logo on your profile. Okay. And I was like, huh, is there anything else for the other sports? And there wasn't. And I was like, oh, you can do a lot of affiliate to Amazon for the sports team. So if I built a, yeah. if I copied the soccer one to hockey, you can put like your Rangers. I don't, I don't follow hockey. Yeah. But like you can put whatever team on your Facebook profile, which I knew got a lot of views. Yeah. Um, and so I worked with a guy in the Philippines. We copied the app, the hot soccer one, made the hockey one, launched it. I don't know, about a week later. And then it was one of the top 10 apps. Wow. So, and for hockey, which I love hockey, but it's not the hockey, most popular sport in not. the country. But then I launched all the, like pretty much right after that, then I launched all the sports. Got it. So I launched like hockey, baseball, basketball, football. I didn't launch soccer for six months out of respect. I was like, yeah. I came up with the idea. That's nice. And, yeah. And I became like the number one Facebook app developer, uh, I don't know, for a few months. Did that piss so off I, Mark? Did you know? <laughs> well, Mark ended up banning the company. So, oh, he did. So it did piss him off. I don't know if it pissed him off, but it, it definitely, uh, I was like, God damn this guy. Yeah. I'm so happy he's getting fucked over in the news. And plus Facebook <laughs> sucks these days. Like no one yeah. uses it anymore. Yep. I'm like, except like, yeah, I don't know. Like, anyways, I'm really happy about all the shit they get. I, I think he actually has mostly good intentions. Yeah. I'm glad that everyone's ranging on them. Also, they're not very innovative, which is a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically built all these apps and then that led me to quit. I, I quit Mint. I was like, my dream has always been to make $3,000 a month and run my own show. And, and now it's happening. So I messaged Darren and I was like, hey, I had the exact same that. number, by the way. That's funny that that was the number in your head. 3,000 $3, a month. Yeah. Cause you really don't, you like, don't need more than rent, that. Like, yeah. Rent is a thousand or 1500, yeah. even yep. anywhere, even in LA, even in yep. SF, even in yep. Austin, you can find a place. Like yep. I lived in Austin in some weird ass guy's house in a room. Yeah. It was 600 bucks a month. Yep. So, no, you can make it for 3000 a month. You can do fine. That, that was how I, that's what I paid myself for a long time when I started Hawk. Dude, I, I think that's what people miss out on is it's like, if you limit, if you can reduce your cost of living, yep. your cool cost of living yep. low, you can do that. Then it gives you freedom to do whatever you want. And then that's actually how you end up can make also a lot of fucking money. Yep. Yep. No, that it's, it's a, and it also takes all the stressors off and you're not worried about your personal life. Like you when you're, money. Your, your, your personal expenses, especially if you're building businesses, it's got to be a rounding error. It's got to be something you don't think about. If you start getting over your skis because you're investing in expensive shit that you need to invest in expensive shit when the passive income from the money you've made off your business is enough to cover it. Like it should be such a rounding error, even when you are buying expensive. That's always been my view of it too. Yeah. So it were, I, I basically, you know, I think what was also one of the things that was interesting for me is like, I, I picked really interesting categories. So like social networking, FinTech, and then Facebook and social networking and kind of like the app world, it just put me in a place where I met a lot of really, you know, now they're all, you know, top shelf people. So like, yeah. 
I became friends with Mark Pincus and the Playdom guys and Kabam yeah. and all these people uh, from that. So uh, Naval funded the company, basically left Mint, and then I just started building all these fucking Facebook games. Nice. And yeah, what was that called? Uh, so it was called Kickflip. Uh huh. So we built like. Uh, Were you a big skateboarder? How'd that happen? No, I just love the name. Uh, I just <laughs> good love name. Kickflip. I've yeah. always wanted to do one. I think yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good aspiration. I never got there. Now I don't want to fall in concrete. <laughs> no, man. Anyways, we built up these games. Uh, long story short there, I have a pattern and the pattern eventually ends. But the, basically after about a year of making these games, I was like, I don't play any Facebook games. I hate Facebook. I hate all these people that play our games. I moved to Argentina, which was part of my dream was to start a company and live, live abroad. Uh-huh. And I just basically like uh, kind of stopped working and drank wine, did tango, hung with Tim Ferriss and just kind of chilled. <laughs> That's amazing. And, uh, That's awesome. For... It was great. Nice. It was great. The problem though is that my business partners were like, yo, we're going to quit. Naval was like, fuck you. Uh, you got to get back to work. And I was like, dude, I don't want to work on these fucking games. Yeah. Uh, man, how much time do I have? I'll try to do the yeah, like 12, version. 11 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Abbreviated version came back. I basically was scared. So I just went back to work. We built some game called Bet Arcade. It was sports gambling because we had all these, these sports people from the apps. Right. Ended up spending six months building it, hundreds of thousands of dollars building it. No one wanted it. But what, what came of it was we built payments for uh-huh. the game. Yep. So we had this game, this betting site, but then we had a payments engine and we're like, huh. Our games thing sucks, but this payments engine that we built might actually be the cool product. Yeah. So I went out and sold it. I started selling it to the other game developers. So yeah. name a game developer. We probably worked with them. Tagged, High Five, Zynga. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically it exploded. So in the first year, that business processed about $18 million. Awesome. It was fucking wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, just wild. And then uh, th- that company did well. And On such day, an important note, just I know we're getting closer, but like you, you hit a failure, quote unquote. And I hate the word failure. Cause I'm like, failure is only, you only fail if that's where the story stops. But what you did was like, okay, game sucks. Let's find a way to make this work. And then all of a sudden it's a success because you just kept it going. You didn't end there. What's well, also, I think noticing the patterns. I, I think one thing is I encourage people is like, what are the things you're doing for free? What's your pattern? Like what's the yeah. pattern that keeps happening? And for me, it's like, I like this marketing thing. I like platforms. Yep. I like the idea of selling the pickaxes and the shovels. Yep. And so the game thing did well. One day I woke up and Facebook banned us and our largest competitors sued us. And I, I don't, we don't have time for it, but that's another story. Anyways, I was really happy that day because I, I was tired of, again, I was tired of the, the people at my partners. I didn't, we weren't getting along because everyone yep. thought they were the most important yep. uh, and everyone was. Yep. And then I did not like the, the, the value proposition was very, I was a commodity. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, you want a payments provider? Like, well, fuck you. We'll use your competitor if you don't give us something else. Yeah. Um, and then I, again, I just didn't want to be in that space. And so I, I took some time off. I had some consulting gigs and I was like, I, what's, I'm, what's happening in all this stuff that I'm missing? And so I was like, well, I like marketing. I did that at, at Mint. I like software and tech. I did it at Facebook. This payment stuff sucks, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. you're basically in the lowest point of the yeah. value chain. Yeah. But I was like, what's the most important point? Like, if, you know, for Hawk Media and literally every one of your listeners or people out there, what's the most important thing in business? Customers. Customers, period. Yep. It's people. You might say it's people, but if you yeah. have customers, you don't have people. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I was like, all right, let me put those three things together. It's like marketing, software, uh, customers. And that's where AppSumo.com came from. Got it. And how old are you at that point? Uh, I started AppSumo when I was 29. Okay. And I started in a basement in SF. 
-hmm. And I just did it really slowly. It didn't cost, it cost me $50 to build it. Yep. Uh, I just validated it in a weekend with Imgur. So the idea originally was kind of group on for deals, group on for yep. software. Right. The software, there's no, mar the margin's perfect. So there's 100%. Yeah. Yep. So I went out to Imgur and then I asked, I asked the founders of Reddit if they would give me some free ads and they did. Nice. And then I just put up a deal for Imgur Pro and it sold a few hundred copies. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Let me kind of, I, I it was just kind of, it was something I was just interested in. Yeah. I, I like deals. I liked all that stuff. And I, I think if you look at Facebook, if you look at Dell, if you look at all of, like even Microsoft, you look at Google, almost all the most successful billion dollar companies didn't start out as billion dollar ideas. They weren't like, I'm going to create a billion dollar business. They're like, huh, researching backlinks is weird. No, yeah. we'd probably sell this. They would sell to Yahoo for a million. Yeah. Right. Like Facebook didn't start out as him building a thing. He was wanting to meet chicks. Yeah. And he also right. built Wirehog, which was the, the music sharing thing. Yeah. And then over time, it's like, oh shit, there's something here. And that's kind of what's happened with yeah. Dropsumer. I was like, oh, I like deals and software. And uh, Andrew Chen, who's like a famous VC now, one of my mm -hmm. best friends, he gave me a hundred thousand and he was like, you should take it more seriously. Huh. So I started taking it more seriously, started doing more deals, started scaling out the team. And it's been a journey with a lot of ups and downs over the years, but 11 years <laughs> later, um, you know, we've, we've transformed it more into a marketplace for software and mm -hmm. tools and knowledge to help people start and grow online businesses. Yep. It's fucking wild. I can't believe we're still doing it for this long. How many people we've no. helped, yeah. we've promoted. How, so do you know how many apps have presented on the site? Like how many different technologies? Many software deals. Yeah. So right now on the AppSumo marketplace, there's around 2000 products. So okay. we're, still, we're still known, I think, for software deals. Yeah. And we, do, we also promote books and courses. Because if you have a tool, but you don't know how to use it, uh, yep. it doesn't really help you. Yep. Uh, I think in our history, in the history, we've done over 4,000 products. I think total sales... Nice. Is somewhere in the few hundred millions. It's amazing. It's been, there's like a, yeah, dude, it's, wow, it's crazy to say, right? Cause when you think back to what the 50 bucks you put in when you're getting started, like everything it would get here. And I think you nailed it. Like Mark thought he was making a site to meet chicks. And now it's one of the biggest companies in the world. Like, <laughs> it's like, you, you don't, yeah. it's, you don't really have that plan. The, the really successful companies don't necessarily start with a vision of world domination here. No. Well, Mark did talk about after it was going, Mark. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. After it's going maybe, but yeah. yeah, not in the beginning, you know, in the beginning, I think it's just find something you want for yourself Yeah, and be okay. You know, I, I think that that's a key thing. The other thing I will say, there's a huge difference finding doing something that people really want versus something people don't want or kind of want. Yeah. And it's, it's, if you're going to spend a year or five years or 10 years doing something, find something people are like fucking desperate over. Yeah. And, and I think people waste so many cycles and so much like precious life. Uh, yeah. Shit, nothing that no one wants. I agree. All right. So last two questions for you. Number one, what's next? You know, you've got, it sounds like you have a couple of investors in this. Do you think you're going to take AppSumo public or sell it? Or do you just want to keep running it? You know, um, we had a leadership summit and the team gave me feedback. They, they said, Noah, you, you're always disappointed dad. And then maybe because I'm wearing short shorts these days, so I'm you know, disappointed <laughs> dad bod. But uh, I, I'm not as concerned about what's next. Yeah, I'm just not. I really it's in the moment. I'm I'm well. I'm here with you, but I, yep. I like what we're doing. Like I like helping people create jobs. Yeah, I like helping people make their cool products. I like promoting cool products. Specifically lately, my fascination is in organizations. Mm -hmm. I am like, I wouldn't say desperate, but I am so interested in like, how do you run a company? Mm -hmm. How do you get people motivated? How do you organize them? How do you yep. get strategy? And like a lot of I'm excellent in like one to five people, zero to yep. one million, but like. There's just a lot of new things that I'm growing and learning in this area. Um, I think in AppSumo, it's, uh, you know, how do you scale an organization effectively? Yeah. How do you hire advisors? How do you move people around? How do you coach? 
Yep. So no, that's a lot of where in my next and mental process in terms of selling or public or any of that stuff. Um, I think that, you know, one of the questions we ask in the company often is like, what's the outcome? Like, what are we optimizing for? What's the outcome we're looking for? I think there's a future where it's, how do I get liquidity for the people that work there? Yeah. Everyone who works there as well as our partners and customers, how do we get everyone rich? Yeah. Whatever rich they want. And so that, that's something that we'll probably, that we'll be working on in the future. Yep. Awesome. And so last question, what's your one piece of advice for someone trying to go for their dreams? You've had quite a wild story. So what do you think is the one thing you either wish you were told or you were told that helped you get through all this? As you said, you don't even know why you continued after Facebook, but a lot of people need you know, to hear something. What do you think that would be? Yeah. I think the two things that, that, that did help me and, and I still use this day and I used it 20 years ago is, is two key pieces. Maybe not as much 20. Well, yeah, I did use it. One is, I think you have to write out a fantasy story. You have to go write out your fantasy, like, uh, like the craziest novel of what your life can be. Mm-hmm. And I did, it, I did it 20 years ago when I got fired at Facebook. I was like, where could I be in 10 years? And what would happen in 10 years? And, you know, in a company, that's called a vision. Yep. But for some reason, we like to do that shit in business, but maybe not in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. So I would ha- encourage everyone to do that. And then the second thing that I talked, you know, I do YouTube, youtube.com slash okdork. And one of the things I tell our, my audience a lot, and I try to tell myself a lot, is permission granted. And the, it's kind of this questionnaire. because like, why not you? Yep. I say the same thing all the time. I, people aren't that smart. It's just, it's, it's, you know, a lot of what goes into success is luck, just to be honest. Like there's a lot of timing. There's a lot with of, it. Yeah. You got to stick fucking with it. Yeah. I mean, sticking with it, honestly, is like, you see these, I mean, I spent a lot of time on YouTube. Uh, making YouTube videos and studying and like really the only difference between people who make it and don't are the ones who stick with it. Yep. And yeah. uh, a lot of these people, I don't know, they, they want it, but they're not willing to do to get what they want. And maybe they yep. just don't want it badly enough. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, and I, yeah, I think again, it comes with, is it, do they think it's possible for them as a part of it too? Well, like, I don't know. I, I was, I was trying to hire another CEO for AppSumo and I interviewed, I spent, I, I spent three months interviewing all these people and I think one thing that surprised me about that whole thing and, you know, kind of uh, take away from me and other people out there is like, I think we assume that everybody's better than us. Not, maybe not everyone thinks this, this is what I, yeah. I was like, man, there's these CEOs out there. They know yeah. how to run a company. They know how yeah. to run Hawk Media better than me. They, and then yeah. you meet these people and you're like, maybe I'm a lot better than they think. And that's why I yeah. try to tell people like, you're fucking excellent. Don't worry about like Zuck and all these bozos. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Noah. Thank you so much for coming on Hawk Talk. Hawk Talk. <laughs> Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free, identify opportunities in your marketing strategy, then get you teamed up with individual experts all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.